The Fable and Folly Network supports creators of exceptional audio stories, including the one you're listening to right now. If you love our shows, we want to hear from you. Complete our listener survey at fableandfolly.com slash survey. This will help us learn more about you, what you like, what you'd like to hear more of, and how we can maintain an inclusive, safe atmosphere. As a thank you for your participation, we have extras and behind-the-scenes content from your favorite shows. Fans make the network what it is. Thanks for listening, and we can't wait to hear from you. Find our listener survey at fableandfolly.com slash survey today. Hi, I'm Ryan LaPlante, and I'm one of the crazy founders of Dumb Dumbs and Dice, the production company that's made the video you're watching or the podcast you're listening to right now. Now, we're clearly busy. We're producing four weekly podcasts, Dum Dums and Dragons, Blood and Syrup, The Mythos Mysteries, and Warhammer 40,000, The Valentine Heresy, as well as four event podcasts with miniseries releases at staggered intervals, Curse Code and Crown, Dumb Scum and Villainy, One Shots, and the bad movie review show, Garbage Town the Movie Podcast. But we want to take this time to invite you to become a part of our company and a part of our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. You can get access to our Discord, access to exclusive DM and character chats. You can get the chance to name characters in our shows. You can even become a recurring NPC and hear yourself interacting with our characters each week through the voice of Tom. You can become a patron for as little as $1, and there's great value for you at even that level. So please... Join the Dum Dums and Dice family and help us make even more content in a way that you are guaranteed to love. That's patreon.com slash dumdumdice. D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. So let's do something dumb together, and thanks for being part of our stories. I am Executron, god of merchandising, and I came into existence because Dum Dums and Dice has its own merchandise. That's a god pot, get it? Dice? Merchandise? Anyways, you can get t-shirts, hoodies, spiral notebooks, clocks, wall art, throw pillows, bags, and even stickers emblazoned with your favorite Dum Dums and Dice characters and their catchphrases. Go to redbubble.com slash people slash Dum Dum Dice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. One more time for the mortals in the back, redbubble.com slash people slash Dum Dum Dice. Get your merchandise today. Welcome back, Initiates, to the Mythos Mysteries, a live-play Pulp Cthulhu podcast where improvisers and comedians venture into dangers beyond their wildest imaginings. I am H.P. Helmfirth, your host on this journey into darkness. The mystery punchers barely escaped the Gotham Crown in New York, and Red is almost fatally wounded. Richter used an artifact at the last moment, Adrian got his vengeance against their captor, and Red saw an old friend in a hallucination before succumbing to the mythos. So venture forth with us, dear friends, into the mythos. Red, the last thing you remember is staring into the endless, fathomless darkness of your old friend Sally's eyes. And you awake with a start, um, thinking you see that that razor-thin smile once more. Uh, And you awake to 
a smelly room. Um, as you open your eyes, uh, you see a uh, just a, a waterlogged, stained, vaguely damaged ceiling um, that reeks just a just a little bit of, of feet uh, and mildew. Um, and uh, the room seems to be somewhat dark, but as your eyes adjust, um, you kind of um, blink. Uh, your eyes feel very dry. Your mouth feels hella dry and kind of gross. And as you kind of ease yourself up onto one elbow, um, you find yourself uh, in an unfamiliar space um, with uh, a number of bandages um, wrapped around your chest on a small cot uh, that is um, kind of covered in, in some... Um, Remarkably nice, considering the rest of the room blankets. Um, there is a, a glass of water um, by uh, sort of by your bedside, and as uh, as the world begins to come back into focus, um, you can feel that you know clearly someone has 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 done some work on you. Um, and uh, as you sit up and look around, uh, you see um, Adrian, uh, loyal galumph that he is, um, sitting uh, near the end of your bed. Um, with, uh, with a newspaper, uh, that's upside down, uh, open in his hands, um, pretending very hard to read the way businessmen do. Um, and, uh, Adrian, you notice Red sit up. Oh, yeah, it's business. Uh, hey. hey, how you doing? Eddie, what, when is it? What, what day is it? It's been about a week, um since uh you arrived uh, at uh, one of the uh, the hideouts of uh, two times Marvin Gatsby uh leader of uh the the famed duo tang gang um he uh he and his uh his crew um operate out of uh, a number of jazz clubs uh around uh, New York and um uh, you, from a, a kind of a quick glance around Red, uh, you realize that you're kind of in what, what's probably like a manager's office. Um, so it's clearly a fairly disused space. Um, Addie's sitting next to a large desk that's got kind of one of those um, like lamps that only really exist in banks or in uh, film noir movies. That's like the green half lamp. Um, there's a really nice big padded chair behind the desk that Addy is not using. He's sitting on like a wooden stool, <clears throat> but it's the one that's slightly closer to you. Uh, so uh, he clearly picked it. Um, but uh, it's been a week uh, since uh, the the adventure of the uh, the Gotham Crown office um, and your escape uh, from the Empire State Building. Um, upon hearing the commotion, um, Old Man Richter, you also enter the room Um uh, presumably with one of your, your tomes kind of fresh in hand, uh, and the three of you are reunited at last. Um, Richter, uh, first of first and foremost, this is the start of a new session, and you've had a legitimate break. So um, go ahead and uh, re-roll your luck uh, to recover luck. Um, I'll say Richter and Adrian, you can also recover some sanity because you've had a week. Um, okay. If you think you would have been doing anything to... If you think you would have relaxed at all during this week, you may not have. I don't think Adrian would have, because I think he'd be fretting about red. So yep. no sanity from a boy. <laughs> oh, I rolled <laughs> below my luck. Darn it. Okay, so... Do, 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 one D10. All right, so that's 10. I get 10 luck back. 
and I got 21 luck back. So. Ooh, well done. Hey, there we go. Um, also, Almost caught up to half of where I started. <laughs> uh, Adrian, I'm going to say you recover four hit points um, over the spell of time, and Richter, you recover three. Oh, um, I'm still so damaged. Yeah, Red, what's uh where are you at right now? I'm actually I'm not I'm not too bad. I mean, uh the last time I was at twenty four out of thirty two. Okay. Um But I don't think we gave you a number for I the don't stabbing, think we, we did though. No, we didn't. Um uh Claire, I'm gonna say uh that you are at six. Um and that is with a week's worth of recovery. Wow, wow, wow. Cool. Okay, so I'm not going to be fighting anytime soon, is what you're saying. Uh, look, uh, guns don't care how damaged you are, but uh, maybe maybe stay out of Fight Club for a couple weeks. I think Richter regains some sanity because we're in New York, and Richter doesn't have his books to research and go mad over. That's a very good point. Yep. So I think begrudgingly he regains sanity. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I do quite enjoy the idea of uh, Richter angrily reading a newspaper in the back of a jazz club, just hating yeah. every toot of every horn uh, and every every sax track, just like <laughs> glowering at a newspaper, looking for secrets and finding very few. What's the modifier on gaining sanity? Um, that's a good question, brother. Um, one moment as I look it up in our handy book. It has been a hot second since we, we've it had has. a chance to recover sanity. Yeah. Let alone played this game. Um, but I believe I have helpful tabs now for these things. Let's find out. Let's find out. Oh, uh, Red, I don't know what day it is, but it's been like six sleeps. That's very helpful. Thank you, Addy. Oh, God. I haven't felt... This in pain since Boston. I remember um, the time that I got my arm broken in four different places. Ha! Huh. No. <laughs> Are you hungry? Because right. I've been feeding you soup. <laughs> Sweet Addie. Um, Tyler, you regained two sanity. Got it. It, it had chicken in it, so you're going to be smart now. Indeed Suddenly. I am. Suddenly, read the uh, the the kind of awful dry mouth feeling you're having, and the the kind of horrific like no one's brushed your teeth in a week Ugh. stuff. All kind of comes comes home to roost. Um, so, uh, hearing uh, hearing the general commotion, um, a uh, a woman uh, bustles in, um, and uh, she is um, uh, she's she's dressed in like um, kind of an immaculate. Um, uh, like classic thirties pantsuit, uh, pinstripes and all. Um, she's a, she's a larger lady. Um, and, uh, but she moves with just that kind of like almost targeted specificity, um, as she kind of sweeps into the room. Um, it, it's almost like all of the, it, it's almost impossible not to pay attention to her as, as she, uh, she comes in and, um, she, uh, just says, um, ah, Good. The patient is is awake and alive. That's two for two, in in my books. Um, and uh, she looks over. She kind of sniffs the air and she's like, "Mr. Diesel, have you been feeding my patient more chicken soup?" Well, it depends. Uh, what does "more" mean? So I know early on we discussed that you'd fed her a soup, and then you were going to yeah. fe- feed her. 
another a soup. How many a soups did you feed her? I only made the one bin. You made one bin of soup. Yeah, you keep it hot. Yes, yes, I understand that. So how much of the a soup is left in your bin, your soup bin? I was going to need to make a new one. Okay. She walks over and um, she uh, she extends her hand for, for a very formal handshake. Does Adrian do handshakes? Is that a thing he's, like, savvy to? Uh, I think, well, wait, is she extending it to him or to Red? To you, uh, Adrian. Uh, uh, probably not normally, but this is a person who's looking after Red, and he's got to be on on a good behavior, so he'll he'll take the hand. Great. Um, she uh, she just like shakes it, smiles at you, and says, "You are perhaps the greatest assistant I have ever had." Oh wow! Okay, but I work for her. Uh, and he points at Red. Well, and now that she's awake, that makes perfect sense. If she had died, perhaps I would have tried to enlist you, but I understand. Very well done, Mr. Diesel. Um, Should I make more soup? Sure, Adrian. Why don't you you go make more soup? Okay, and he just, like, goes... He's up and already walking to the door, and he just yells as he exits, like, Somebody get me a chicken! Uh, And then he's out into the hallway to go make soup. And you just hear an assortment of, like, Oh, Adrian's! And, like, assorted laughter and and things from the club. Um, And uh, she uh, sort of looks to you, um, Richter, and says, uh, uh, Mr. Richter, you... Are you continuing to keep well? Is the, has that back been giving you any more difficulties? I I am not concerned so much about my back as I am about these organizations uh, in this city, in, in our hometown. Uh, I would really like to get going back now that Red is awake. Ah, um, that is an entirely fair desire. Uh, the desire, the draw, if you will, to return home is is admirable and and understandable uh i myself have never felt it uh but i understand that many of my patients do so um i'm sure uh you will be able to go soon although i I do recall uh that uh mr gatsby um i i believe uh required uh services of you um i'm not sure if he spoke to you about this or just mr diesel uh, acting as miss jones here's uh proxy if you will um, but uh, there is indeed a, a debt uh, to be paid, so I'm sure you will be able to head home soon, but not quite yet. Well, then I would very much like to pay the debt and be on our way. I understand that, uh, Mr. Gatsby, and I, I'm sure you can, but first I must see to my patient, seeing as she seems to be the hitch in this particular plan, at least according to Mr. Diesel, who refused to acknowledge uh, the plan or, in fact, the debt uh, until his... Uh, Keeper, I suppose, was feeling better. Well, Red, how are you feeling? Uh, yes, to Mr. Richter's question, uh, Miss Jones, how do you feel? You've had I extensive f- surgery. I feel like I've been hit by a truck. <clears throat> that uh, would be factually inaccurate. A truck is more of a bludgeoning type of damage. Uh, you, in fact, were stabbed. Really, I had no recollection Ah, you were stabbed uh, in the chestular area, uh, quite close to your heart, uh, in fact, Um, uh, by a blade, uh, not some kind of large uh, motor vehicle. 
Yes, the, uh, I was being sarcastic. I do, in fact, remember the moment in time in which I was stabbed. Uh, she kind of collects herself. Um, do I have you? Do I have you to thank for the fact that I am not currently six feet in the ground? Uh, on two counts, uh, yes. One, in that I, uh, in fact, saved your life with my surgical skills, and two, uh, in that I am not particularly good at digging holes and thus would be entirely useless in, in helping bury you six feet under. Uh, so, yes, you, you may thank me on uh, two counts. My, my name is uh, Dr. Bonnie Christopher, um, and it is, it is uh, a pleasure to meet you uh, when you are not, uh, in fact, uh, screaming in pain or um, under the influence of, of laudanum. That's an embarrassing uh, thought for everyone involved, I feel. Um, <clears throat> what is this debt to get to the point, yes. uh, Miss Christopher? Well, um, doctor, please. Uh, but uh, yes, uh, Mr. Gatsby will uh, fill you in on, on that. Um, in the meantime, uh, I must uh, fill you in on a few details uh, about your, your new uh, condition, uh, as it were. Uh, you were um, stabbed in, in the heart, uh, which I know is a, a common trope. Uh, it's a word I'm working on that I hope will be adopted one day. Uh, in uh, popular songs, uh, metaphorically speaking, but in the literal case of you, you were in fact stabbed in the heart um, by a knife. Uh, and yet it was strange damage. Uh, it was almost as though... It was almost as though the injury was only partial, as though the blade as it entered, it's almost as though you just weren't there, if that makes any sense. Uh, I understand from your compatriots that uh, apparently you were uh, somehow magically transported, and I suspect this may have, in fact, uh, saved your life, as the blade making contact seems to have made you um, vanish. Uh, had it gone all the way in, uh, I'm afraid we would be uh, looking for uh, my good friend, um, uh, Charles Brown, uh, the grave digger, who in fact would be responsible for putting you uh, six feet under. <laughs> he would have had a hard time with that. I feel like Addy would have volunteered for the task himself. He's also bad at kicking footballs. I have no idea what you're referring to, but uh, congratulations I'm giving you to information him. about my friend Charles Brown. Yes, I understand. It's been like this visa all week, right? It's been, please, we really should get going. I can't take much more. <laughs> I have soup for everyone. Uh, and he just comes in and he's got a big tray with soup sloshing on it uh, in, in bowls. It's not just like a tray full of soup, <laughs> just um, to be clear. So uh, from a hot second, we, we flash back to how the fuck Adrian could possibly have made soup that fast. Um, and uh, in a, a rapid action montage... Um, we just see someone hand him a chicken and he just starts smacking the chicken on the table until its neck breaks. Uh, and then he puts it in a pot and the chefs are like, Oh, good job. At, good job, Mr. Diesel. That's great. And then he turns, he turns away and they quickly like do the thing on TV where it's like, just put that pot under and pull <laughs> out a pot of actual soup. They've already cooked and like, it's all done. It took them three days to realize that this would prevent any more disasters in the kitchen. But honestly, after the fifth fire, they realized this was probably the, uh, the best thing for all involved. So it is, it is fresh, delicious, Non-poison, non-just-a-chicken-in-a-cup soup. Yeah, eat, eat up. Addy, um, I didn't realize you were a chef. Yeah, I'm pretty good. I had some time while you were asleep, and I was like, what will I do if I don't have a boss? And then I just got scared for, like, a week. <laughs> but I was in the kitchen, so I was like, I'll keep cooking. And then... 
the fire department came and then again and then they were like you shouldn't cook anymore and i was like shut up and then uh there was almost a fight and then marvin catsby came in and said get out of here you fireman and then i got really good at making soup that is entirely believable and i'm very proud of you thanks i'm proud that you're alive i wouldn't been if 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 it weren't for all three of you. That is categorically true. Um, Dr. Christopher explains that uh, she has stitched you up, um, that it was a delicate process, and that uh, it is... uh, You are by no means out of the woods. Um, The damage was rather extensive. Um, uh, With kind of Richter helping to translate, it would seem that because the nature of the blade uh, was enchanted as kind of a, a teleportation into jail piece... Um, the blade still pierced you, but as it was piercing you, you were being teleported, so it didn't mm-hmm. quite go all the way in, which also, weirdly, in kind of a Star Wars lightsaber thing, means that uh, the wound is actually was easier to seal up um, because it wasn't, you know... The blade just magically disappeared. It didn't have to slide back out. It was okay. just gone. Um, so uh, you are patched up, but, um, Red, you will be um, compromised uh, for the next little while. Um, so, uh, I'm going to say that, um, uh, obviously your health has been, uh, quite, uh, severely hindered, um, but, uh, you're also going to have trouble, uh, with, uh, constitution. Okay. Um, so I'm going to give you disadvantage on constitution. Um, and, uh, if there are any extraordinarily physical checks that you're doing, um, you will also be at a disadvantage. So for instance, if you were to climb, yep. um, for uh, for the foreseeable future uh, until your your body has has recovered, uh, but the good news is uh, you're in in better shape than you thought. Um, uh, despite being a, a categorical weirdo, uh, Doctor Christopher does seem to have actually worked some some pretty remarkable uh, magic on you. So um, the the week of recovery has has certainly done uh, done your body good. Um, how are you doing mentally? Based on everything you saw right before you blacked out, if you'll call it's I know. For those of you listening, it's been like a week for us recording. It's been several um, now. But if you'll recall, the, the last yeah. thing you saw was a, a, a demonic vision of uh, Sally driving your car. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, her last words uh, still kind of ring in your head and have probably been bouncing around a bit while you've been sleeping. Um, but uh, that you will regret not taking her hand uh, when you fell through the, the tunnel. Um, so where, where are you at right now, Red? Not a great place. <laughs> um, I believe that's the best I can put it. Um, I think right now I'm kind of in the same place as Richter, where it's just like, I just want to fucking go home and finish this nonsense. I want to burn it all to the ground. I don't want to have any more of these stupid visions. I'm going to go to the church and yell at whatever deity you need to yell at and just nip this right in the bud because this is too much. Like, I think she can handle, like, like this isn't the first time that Red has woken up in, like, a makeshift grimy, like, hospital room and, mm-hmm. like, having been stabbed or shot or something like that. So that's not what's bothering her. It's it's everything else. So. Gotcha. Yeah, that's. Uh, Two hospital visits so far for the show for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? Well, she's got a hit, you know. <laughs> I think I'm still wearing Adrian's pants from the last time. So. <laughs> yep. It's been a it's been a hell of a ride. Yeah. Um, so um, 
I guess what I need from the party before we go and find out what uh, what how you uh, will need to repay the the debt of having Red's life saved. Um, uh, Adrian and uh, Richter, I'd be curious to hear how you think you've spent your week. Uh, obviously, Adrian learned to make soup, sort of. Um, but um, what do you think you got up to uh, during the downtime? Uh, Richter did take a small amount of information with him uh, from the uh, the Gotham offices, um, specifically a case file titled Entombed Eye Failures. Mm. Um, there was a leather scroll which contains ritual of binding and a memo saying that the blades have been attuned to the new office, right. delivering people to the 13th floor. And he has three knives. So I think mm-hmm. he would probably be um, researching and experimenting within the confine, the confines of like not having his usual like library of books and stuff like that, but definitely like going over the file. Um, <clears throat> I mean, the one benefit is like, he's got like, the New York City like library mm-hmm, to go to, mm-hmm. which would have been much more substantial than anything in Helmfirth. Absolutely. Uh, but perhaps still not containing the uh, occult texts that he would need for any mm-hmm. meaningful research. Okay, uh, go ahead and roll me a library use check, please. And you can have advantage because you have had nothing else to do. Okay. Gladly take that advantage. Wow. Like opposite ends of the D100 spectrum. Uh, so that is uh, ooh, too shy of a extreme success, but a hard success. Hard success? Okay. Yeah. Great. <clears throat> so um, you're able to find uh, resources in the library that um, confirm uh, the, the binding rituals, um, mm-hmm. digging through old texts. Um, you certainly hear about it particularly... Um, some of the more clandestine uh, ancient cults and organizations um, seem to just appear places where logically they shouldn't have been. There's, you know, all sorts of stories of, um, you know, cult activities suddenly springing up in some small town. And how could they possibly have infiltrated? Uh, and putting that together, it would seem that, um, that groups uh, that are either uh, pre like they're not, they're not ex- uh, they're not expressly called out as inheritor groups, uh, but they could well be. They could be um, somewhere in that lineage. Um, but uh, yes, it would seem that um, the uh, the ritual is um, essentially either a way for cultists themselves to travel very quickly, or a way for them to obtain uh, important people um, rather quickly. Um, the blades, in particular, seem to be more so for capturing. Uh, people, given that they actually wound them as well, mm-hmm. um, which you can also ascertain given that um, the blade dumped you into a jail cell. <laughs> rather I stabbed than myself, and yeah, yeah, yeah. So it would seem that um, the blades are kind of like a last resort emergency weapon, as opposed to the gates that um, are kind of uh, the a more elegant friendlier. way to travel. Yeah. yeah, I was pulled through and didn't have to deal with a tunnel of pages and. And mm-hmm. so have some voice talking to me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and yes, uh, unfortunately, there is, uh, as is the way with these texts, um, there's no confirmation as to what that tunnel of pages was. Um, mm-hmm. It only people just talk about a liminal space and and moving kind of um, sort of. In, in, I think it's generally referred to as like the uh, working in the margins of reality. Um, so kind of where where our 
reality may stop. Um, almost like if you can think about it like that space, but like the, the, the firewall thing where it's like, it's just a gap between the walls of realities. Mm. Um, but, uh, unfortunately that like tracks with kind of what you know, but it doesn't really give you any more information. Um, in terms of, uh, reworking the knives, um, the knives themselves are well-made, but unimpressive. Uh, the enchantment is really what, what sells them. So you could theoretically work to try and create a ritual to re-enchant the blades with this kind of uh, enchantment. But by that virtue, you could kind of use almost anything if you were going to attempt that. And none of these books tell you how to do it. Like, there's no, no. recipe yeah, yeah. guide. Um, but there's, again, you, you at least have, have some answers uh, about that. The other piece, though, uh, that is perhaps of more more value to you is the um, the case file on the entombed eye. Um, it would seem that uh, the file mostly deals with um, the failures or perceived failures, at least, of Pastor Michael Thomas, um, and uh, a relatively uh, sort of like a, a rogue element of the. Um, of the uh, Gotham crown and kind of inheritor movement. Um, he was the man tasked with uh, establishing the, the entombed eye in Helmfirth. Um, and uh, there was at that point only rumors that Helmfirth might be a, a spot of some, some import um, magically that the, the sort of uh, the powers of the mythos might be concentrated there. But um, it would seem that uh, his, uh, his mission uh, was to, um, summon forth um, uh, something uh, known as the pluriform oculus. The pluriform? Pluriform. So that's uh, P-U... I actually don't have it. Sorry, P-L... P-L-U-R-A-F-O-R-M? Plura? Plur... Yeah, it's either A or I. I think it's I. So P-L-U-R-I-F-O-R-M. What was the second word? Pluriform... Oculus. O C U. Oh shit! I gotta write it. O C C U L U S would be my guess on. Uh, I think yeah. Oculus just has one C. Isn't yeah, it, it does. So it's uh, O C U L U S. Hey everybody, Tom McGee here, your friendly neighborhood DM, and I just wanted to thank you so much for listening to our shows. I hope you're having a great time. Obviously we are. I'm probably really stressed because they're they're probably doing something horrible to me right now, but uh, I hope you're enjoying it, and uh, we're enjoying you being here. And listen, if you want to get a little bit more involved uh, in our show and with the various things we do, you can check out patreon.com slash dice where you can find more information about how you can become a part of the show, how you can screw with me on air, how you can add names and all that sort of stuff. And it's a great way to support us in our ongoing dumb adventures. So thanks very much for joining us. And I will see you out there in the dumbverse. Right. And sorry, he was looking for, uh, his job was to summon forth, was um, to summon the chloroform okay. Oculus. Um, and Richter, as you're uh, looking through these files, um, memories um, that have been kind of lost in the, the scramble uh, since the, the church fire begin to kind of surface for you. Um, the name uh, Pluriform Oculus um, is familiar. Uh, it, it evokes um, something that um, really doesn't sit too well with you uh, because you know you've heard that word before. Um but it was it was like really horribly mispronounced in kind of an adorable way, uh, and um, you realize that it's one of the things um, Sally told you about uh, when she came to visit you, um, when she uh, revealed the uh, the talisman, the like the medallion uh, of the entombed eye that uh, 
her uh, she'd stolen from her parents. That I would, I'm assuming, end up using in that church. Yep, yep. So the details are still somewhat murky, right. um, but the idea of summoning this creature is is vaguely familiar to you. And um, between the the memories that are beginning to resurface and what you find in the document. Um, you're able to um, piece together uh, what you recall now very clearly as being um, the uh, what the incident at the church was all about. Uh, it would seem that Pastor Michael Thomas's goal, uh, his mission as determined by the inheritors, was to travel to Helmfirth, um, establish a church, establish the entombed eye, and then to attempt... Um, to summon the Pluriform Oculus. Now, similar to a redacted government document, mm-hmm. um, the inheritors didn't exactly leave like a, a glossary of terms, mm-hmm. um, but uh, your, your hand aches as, as you see the word. Um, the idea was uh, that a, a mass sacrifice, which is basically the, and there's, there's a, a weird bureaucratic tone to this, this case file, yeah. Um, it would seem that uh, the standard operating procedure for we don't really know what to do to wake this thing up is just, okay, well, let's start with a mass blood sacrifice and see where it goes. Um, there doesn't seem to be a lot of certainty in this report. Um, reading between the lines, uh, as you have with, uh, particularly back when um, uh, you and your sister uh, were doing uh, some government work uh, back in, in the fatherland there, um, mm-hmm. you're used to people kind of being like, we suspect this thing is is here. Um, so there is just kind of a, a vague sense of like, well, I mean, we'll we'll try it. And, uh, you know, we're not actually sure if it'll work, but um, it is step one and we must disprove our hypotheses so we can figure out next steps. Um, <clears throat> but um, the uh, his complete failure um, to complete the ritual and the disaster that followed uh, with the church and the police and the shootout um, led to uh, him being blacklisted. So um, you can see there is a, a note um, that uh, he is um, uh, personam non grata uh, now. He's basically been blacklisted uh, by the, um, the inheritors. And uh, A is no longer receiving their support. And B, um, there's one record of him after he escaped Helmfirth uh, showing up, asking for assistance, and mm-hmm. um, they turned him away. They have not seen him since. He showed up at the Gotham Crown offices. Uh, he showed up at no... uh, at at a safe house somewhere okay. that was related to one of the covens that was that was operating. Um, but because he'd been um, shunned, essentially, um, they they turned him away. Um, there is a note that um, four different agents were dispatched uh, to track his whereabouts, uh, and mm-hmm. all of them disappeared. Okay. Um, so um, the the final piece of, of the uh, Entombed Eye uh, kind of document uh, suggests that this was a huge exposure in Vampire the Masquerade terms. This is like a masquerade breach, like the fact yeah, that yeah. Um, the, mass, the mass suicide thing would have been fine, but he would have removed all the hoods later. But because it went to shit, a lot of excess detail about the entombed eye kind of came to light that probably shouldn't have. Um, no one really caught up on it. They were able to, to hush it up, but it was uh, it was a pretty big breach. Um, so okay. the only other note is that um, uh, some of their um, more uh, um, sort of attuned um, psychics uh, reported 
uh, huge amounts of um, psionic energy uh, coming from Helmfirth uh, during the ritual. And mm-hmm. as a result, uh, even though Michael Thomas failed and the Entombed Eye was written off as a complete failure, um, the site does indeed seem to be promising and an alternate approach might be necessary, which okay. tracks with what you know of what is currently going on there with the ley lines and all that jazz. It's like they're making a second attempt, like a second incursion. And from the sounds of things, a much better reasoned, higher level incursion. Um, in a lot of ways, uh, uh, Michael Thomas sounds on paper, at least uh, a little bit, almost like a Sarah Palin to like the Michael or to the um, John McCain campaign where it's like, okay, I mean, he's not who we would normally use for stuff like this, but he seems like he's got a really good idea and he is really good at like creating kind of that mass following that we need. Mm. Um, but sending like a Monty Greaves is more like, okay, no, we're sending in like, <laughs> we're sending in our mafia guy, <laughs> our developer guy and a spooky architect. Rather than we're going to send in this one guy who either succeeds spectacularly or crash and burn in in disaster. But okay. you know, if it's if if there's nothing there, then like oh well, just one guy goes to jail and whatever. We don't need to worry about it. Whereas now it's kind of like no, we're we're committing our full resources to this. Yes. Right. They are making a substantial investment. Uh, absolutely. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They they went from like uh, yeah sure I'll fund you at a low level on your Kickstarter to I would like to purchase this please. Yeah. A okay. product, not just an individual one. Give me, give me your Kickstarter. Um, it's their Series B funding. Um, so that's uh, that's what you get uh, wow. from all of that. Ah, okay, thank you. That's a whole page of notes for me. Perfect. Oh, um, and sorry, Tyler. There is one more thing. Yeah. Um, there is a uh, like there, there's a, a picture of uh, Michael Thomas like kind of pinned uh, in amongst the pages. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, birth date is uh, left blank. Um, Someone has penciled a question mark. Okay. Which would be, I think, easily ignored by other people, but you rolled a hard success and you're Old Man Richter, so I feel like (laughs) uh, an aberrant detail is what, like, you and Benny used to pour over periodicals for, so, like, aberrant detail, good for Richter. Yeah, okay. Um, Ryan, what do you think uh, Adrian got up to other than learning to make soup? I think there was some soup learning. I think he was sitting by Red. Uh, I think the bouncers probably used him to help with people uh, in a way he wouldn't be aware of. Because if they Mm. just said that someone was distracting the doctor, then he would go and remove them. Uh, And I think the first time they were probably lazy and he really mangled someone they hadn't intended. And then they realized like, oh, you bring him in for like people you don't want removed smoothly um and i think the other thing that i probably so you probably get distracted by jazz a little bit just but he i don't think he'd like jazz i think he'd he'd think they were playing the songs wrong so he probably pestered the musicians a little bit and then they'd have to send him back to red because uh the tempo would be off to him yeah which no i, think I fully understand weird. yeah wants very simple music uh and at some point he would have had to talk with richter uh about why richter wore a hood and did he see Richter's eyeball hand? I think he did, right? Uh, in the car, yeah. Well, Red did, but I, you've seen the eyeball hand before. You're you're aware he has it uh, after he went and slapped his bloody hand on the wall. Yeah. Um, but I, I think, for argument's sake, you were looking over your shoulder at Red. Also, uh, we did describe you as Ace Venturing with a Tommy <laughs> gun out the, out the window of the car. 
Um, but the hood alone is is pretty. Yeah, hood plus hand. I think he just have those questions because he's somebody where the uniform is the person. So um, I'd be interested so, to know what Richter's explanation was. Where um where where do you think you confronted Richter? Um. Probably if Richter came back to see how Red was doing. Yeah, because he'd he'd be in most protective mode then. Okay. Yeah, Richter would have checked in regularly because he knows we can't leave without her. So it's just kind of like, is she better? I hope she's better. We should really be going. <laughs> uh, okay, great. Well, let's uh, let's see how that scene played out then, please. Yeah, she's not better yet, but hey, you sit down. I. Eddie, I really don't have time for this. There's a few things that I was reading about that I, I, I would like to follow up on. That sounds like what a bad guy would say. But, all right, I had better sit. Uh, yeah. Yes, Eddie, how can I help you? You wore a hood, and you talked to bad people like they were friends, and you've got a spooky hand, and you read a lot of books. Yes, and he just like makes a sound and looks at you with really wide eyes like raising eyebrows as though that was a question like I mean, he I was, really just stated four things but yeah. that's where his interrogation is like just kind of waits for the question to come and if it never does uh he'll kind of address them uh, um yeah uh Addy, I, I read books you've seen me read books um do you know how to read Addy? <laughs> Business. Uh, he points to the paper that is clearly upside down in his hands that he throws aside, and he says, "Would, would you like me? Hood, though? Would you like me to teach you how to read?" No, I want you to answer my question. You wore a hood. You got a spooky hand. You talked to bad people like they were friends, and you read books. What is your <laughs> question? What What is your question, <laughs> I. Do you want to know why I did those things? Uh, 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 and he like spreads his arms wide as though how could anyone not have understood this uh it just continues to make vague monkey noises well i i was a hood and the cloak uh to disguise myself because like you and red and hopefully many many other people in helmfort i was not welcome at these ceremonies and so we were you trying- joined them no, so you no. get an invite to an evil party? I did not join them, no. I Because uh, Red and I didn't wear the hood. That is correct, and you were both... We got both... stabbed. Yeah, yeah. I did not want to be stabbed. So you put on a hood to not get stabbed? Yes, want to, uh, to blend in. But then why did you show up in jail? Because I knew that's where you were. I overheard conversations from these people, because, again, they thought I looked like them, so they did not mind that I was around listening to them. And when they said that a man of your description uh, was in the jail cells, uh, I knew how to get there, um, was by stabbing myself with one of their knives, and so that is what I did to come to your aid. no. What is wrong, Eddie? Well, what if some of the other people in Hoods were just good people that didn't want to get stabbed? Uh, I don't think they would have tried to fight you, Eddie. I certainly did not. 
Well, we don't know because I won against you so fast because you're so old and fragile. You're like a scarecrow that will break. Well, I would never try to hurt you, Addy. You will win any fight against me every time. I would never try to hurt you. That's true, but what if they think I'm a guy who normally wears a hood but took it off? Boy, in a very short amount of time, you've gotten much better at asking questions, Addy. Yeah, well, sometimes I'm smart, and other times I need a boss. Um, <laughs> so what we're saying is, I can't know if they're a bad guy just because they wear a hood or have a spooky thing on their hand. We're gonna have it's... to go. We're gonna have to go with the ghost rules. We're, we're gonna have to. I think it's probably safe to assume that anyone wearing that uniform is a bad guy. You only really need to make sure that it's not me and it's not Red. But, like, what if it was your sister and she put a hood on and I kill her? Then we would have to have a very complicated conversation. That's not smart for you, because as we said, I would win any fight. I'm not talking about a fight, Addy. I'm talking about a complex and difficult conversation. So this sort of, it works like when Red has me do things, which is I'll just keep going until I'm wrong, and then it's your fault? <laughs> My fault specifically? Yeah, so like I just keep punching whoever wears a hood and burying him in the woods so they can take a nap, and then sometimes we kill them. But if I kill like the wrong person, that's your fault. Because you should have told me to not do it. I think Red and I will try to take responsibility for that, but you should try to do that as well. You're a smart boy, Addy. You, uh, you have a good heart, and I think you should listen to your heart. Okay, then we'll do ghost rules, because Red and I talked about ghosts, and I can't hurt a ghost until I know it's evil. So whenever we see someone in a hood, I need to find out if they're evil or not before I make them take a sleep in the woods. Well, based on our interaction with the inheritors so far... Ooh! I, uh... I think they'll make their intentions pretty clear. So yeah, let's go with the ghost rule. Okay, okay. And with that, was, and he, like, looks, say, at our, red, uh, <clears throat> looks at Red, and he, like, mimes out with his hands, putting a, a mask over her face, and then he's about to lunge at her, but then he stops himself, and he's like, wait, and then he moves his hands, he's like, ha, it's Red, this is a good plan. Yeah, all right, you let me know the first moment she's up and about, because I cannot handle this Dr. Christopher person for much longer. Yeah, if you need soup, it's in the kitchen. Thank you, Addy. I've had enough soup. <laughs> yeah, you can't have enough soup. If you eat enough, maybe one day you can beat me in a fight. I, I, I'm not going to do that, Addy. <laughs> uh, and with that, Richter, you return to the key information you were in the process of learning yeah. when Adrian called you in here. Um, oh, tell the people outside they're playing the music wrong. Uh, <laughs> he just yells as old man Richter um, Richter, as you um, go to exit, uh, there's a, a, a jazz man uh, named Bleeding Gums Murphy just blasting away on a sax. Uh, do you tell him he's playing the, the music wrong? 
Sure. Yeah, I would agree with Addy on that. I don't know anything. <laughs> he doesn't know anything about jazz and doesn't really care for it. This was like, uh, so thank you, everybody. That was uh, the uh, Smiling Brown Eyes. Uh, it's a song about a lady I knew once. Very beautiful. Very sexy. Uh, we got another song coming up for you in just a minute. Oh, hang on. There seems to be an old man here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Uh, I, I hope you're you're digging the tunes here. Um, can I help you with something? Yeah, it's it's not good. You're not doing a good job. You're playing your music wrong. Do you know any polkas? Well, uh, it's been a couple of years, but uh, hit it, boys. Uh, and then they just like <laughs> attempt to do a polka as a jazz band, and invariably there's a number of solos. That being said, Victor, I don't think you've heard a proper polka in a while. Yeah. No. Uh, do you stay and listen, or do you leave? Um, do or are you just like walking out check? the door, like? Dancing away. It's just like I've I've made this I've left this place better than I found it and just leave. <laughs> um and uh there's a, a guy uh in the audience and he's just nodding. Um and then he runs to uh a, a, like a phone, he takes off the wall and he he spins the thing and he says, Well, operator, you need to put me through to my uncle. Yes, it's his nephew, Jim Polka. I've got that track he wants. Listen to this. Uh, and then he puts out his little ear horn, uh, and the operator hangs up uh, because, yeah. nope. Um, and, uh, Richter, you go back to the library to continue to learn, uh, which catches us up to now. Um, so, Red, um, you've uh, they've given you the room. Um, Dr. Christopher kind of helps you get dressed, which I think you kind of hate from, like, a... You're, as someone who... I would argue wears clothes kind of like armor, um, more so than uh, as as just purely functional. Um, but uh, she basically is giving you the like very very stern doctor talking to about like, yeah. So here's how you need to get into a shirt for the next six weeks because uh-huh. uh, you know you got a fucking contusion in your chest. Um, one of the two of you, Richter or Adrian went shopping to try and find Red some better clothes. It's Adrian. Adrian <laughs> said Richter okay. would offer, but I've, if Adrian wouldn't let him, then no, no Richter no. wouldn't put up a fight. Okay, so um, Ryan, uh, then from you, oh, please, Christ. I'm going to need... Oh, man, we're fucking through the rabbit hole, baby. Where's that check? What do I want? I kind of want money, but... Shopping check. Um, let's do a credit rating check. You have a credit rating stat, don't you, Ryan? I'm double-checking. Yes, I do. All right, let's roll that. My credit rating is very bad, even though I'm rich. I like it a lot. <laughs> uh, ooh, uh, sorry, dude. I would also take an appraise, um, or I would take a, um, or I would take a spot hidden. <laughs> okay, we will go with spot hidden, and. Fail. <laughs> <clears throat> so read the I rolled news. nine over the amount I needed. Okay. So the good news is you no longer have to wear Adrian's pants. Hmm. Uh, the bad news is um, Adrian went shopping. And you've, you've seen this happen before <laughs> uh, a few times now. Um, uh, now, Adrian being good with, like, I think better with vibe than with detail, you know... Like, you have a vague sense of what Red should wear. Like, Red looks wrong when she isn't wearing blank. What did you buy her? Oh, boy. Okay. So, 
everything is the right color, but the wrong item. So instead of your like like you you have um you so your shirt is just like a, a men's sleep shirt. So you basically have a tank top uh with like multiple navy designs on it, but it's the same color like the little anchors on the shirt are the same color as your usual stripes of your pinstripes. Uh and instead of suspenders, you have a scarf that he thinks you'll use as a belt. Uh, and instead of your suit jacket, it's a raincoat that really makes a lot of rubbery noises when you walk around. You also have rain boots in a matching color that are also very squeaky. Are these like dark blue? Yeah. I'm assuming, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and instead of pants, uh, <laughs> he got you uh, the waders that fishers wear, fishermen wear when they're doing fly fishings. Yeah, so big rubber pants, but they also go out. Like, they give you, like, huge flared hips for some reason. Uh, and then for your hat... I will say she does have her hat, but you could still buy her a hat. Um, I Oh, well, if she has her hat, then I think he'd let, her, he'd let her keep the hat. But he would buy a new feather for it. Uh, and the feather would be a peacock feather. So it's like four feet long because he thinks she she deserves something really special uh, for getting better. Great. Love it. Uh, So Red, uh, being equipped in your your trademark outfit of um, a nautically themed uh, singlet, a dope scarf belt, a pair of hip waders that without suspenders or anything else legitimately do need to be held up by that scarf belt um a couple of rubber boots and a uh, long rather uh, long uh, rubber raincoat um you are uh you are equipped uh, and ready to face the world um the last thing of course uh you are handed uh are your guns which you managed to hang on to when you were teleport stabbed great otherwise hmm. no dice on damn guns um, I will say though they're in kind of rough shape. Uh, you got to get them to Bobby Walkie as soon as you can, so he can okay. uh, properly clean and and kind of mend them. Okay. Um, so that's that. Um, mechanically, I'm not going to give you any disadvantages. Just if you fail, interesting things will happen. Rather than if you fail, nothing happens. Cool. So with that, um, Red, uh, you you rise once more um, from uh, from death's door um, and you make your way <clears throat> out of the, the manager's office into the uh, the main room um, where there's some kind of weird jazz polka fusion going on. Uh, it seems that Bleeding Gums and his band really took to it. Um, so they, they've continued to play. Um, and uh, sitting by, uh, sitting at the bar, uh, you see uh, your old... Like acquaintance, kind of friend, uh, two-time Marvin uh, Gatsby. Uh, he's uh, he's enjoying a martini, um, and uh, is uh, he's um, think like a, a Empire Strikes Back era Billy D. Williams. So just like the fucking coolest man you have ever seen, um, and with just that easy charm <clears throat> that that seems almost like. Like, he's glad to see you even if he isn't looking at you. Like, he's just got that kind of, of aura and vibe. Um, <clears throat> you guys uh, always got along uh, back in the day. You didn't have a lot of dealings, but kind of being too similar. Like, the Duotang gang was similar to the Shoelaces in that they mm-hmm. just weren't weren't top of the heap. 
Um, and uh, but he kind of represents the opposite side of the spectrum. You kind of rule with um, uh, deceit and cunning. He rules with like uh, charm and honesty, if that makes any sense. Mm. Like, um, I feel like the general vibe with your gang is like everyone knows you, but they don't know that much about you. Whereas he's he tends to be kind of an open book. Uh, you always thought it was a bit weak, but uh, he's, he's clearly done well for himself. Um, you pull up, um, and he says, uh, Well, my stars and garters, as I live and breathe. Red, you look Don't interesting. say it. Uh, you look alive. And honestly, that's uh, that's good enough for me. Uh, look, as long as Doc Christopher isn't around to give me shit for this, uh, can I get you a drink? Oh, please. Um, so he, he gestures to the bartender. Um, Red, what, what do you think your recovery drink would be? Oh, um, bourbon on ice. Yep. So it's classic, like little tongs, putting the ice in. Um, he says, uh, "We uh, we brought this uh, this particular bourbon in not that long ago. It's uh, particularly good, if I do say so myself." Uh, well, uh, cheers to being alive. Live to fight another day. Clinks it with you. He says, um, "So uh, I'm glad to see you up and about, um, but uh, as." Uh, as you can imagine, uh, having to call on my sneaky, sneaky secret mob doctor in the middle of the night. Uh, I understand. I figured you might. So, uh, here's the thing, Red. Um, used to, uh, back in the day, you always used to make fun of me for being a little too open with people, letting them in a bit too much. And I always thought that was just because you, uh, you were a cold operator, you know? But it uh, seems you may have been right. Uh, one of my guys flipped. He, uh, he sold us out, and a a big score that we were uh, counting on to keep all of these fine operations going and to hire a new band that doesn't do this strange oompa-pa nonsense. Yeah, what is uh, this? This is terrible. I don't know. That old man who was with you uh, had some words with him, and they uh, they haven't stopped since. It's it's quite upsetting to me. Uh, regardless, Red, um, I'm going to need your help. Uh, my entire crew is compromised. We can't get near the site. But uh, you and your small crew here, well, I think... You might just have a shot, so, uh, tell me, how do you feel about, uh, robbing the Met? I haven't heard something so beautiful in a week. Well, here's to better music than this. Uh, and as you clink glasses, he begins to unfold the plan. This episode of the Mythos Mysteries features the voices of Ryan LaPlante at the Ryan LaPlante on Twitter, Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter, Claire Blackwood at Claire Blackwood on Twitter, and Keeper Tom McGee at McGeeTD on Twitter. This episode was edited by Ryan LaPlante, and the Mythos Mysteries show logo was created by Decapitated Marker at Decapitated Marker on Twitter. That's M-R-K-R. Our theme songs are Dark Alleys and Sentinel by Kai Engel, and our ads use the tracks No Control and Chiefs by Jazzar, J-A-H-Z-Z-A-R, and all of their music is available at freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com. Our Twitter and Instagram are Dum Dum Dice, and on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. We have merchandise available at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice. And most importantly, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. All hail the mythos. 
Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. Christian Manicola, Long Long, The Half-Blind Prophet, James Quayar, Charles Grams, Christopher Little, Olin Anderson, Sue One, George Dolby, One True Artistry, Orion Birchfield, Lorda Bradovic, Noel Lewis, Scott Garland, Anthony Griffin, and Jill and Noel Laplante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. When Kilmer accepted the job of smuggling escaped heiress Samantha Trapp across the galaxy, she expected the job to be over and done with quickly. But now they're stuck with each other and they have a job to do. Think of Automnicon as a sort of student loan company. You take a loan from them and then they own you until you've paid it off with interest. So all I have to do is pay off my debt? Fine, I can do that. How much do I owe? 900,027 credits and counting. You're stuck here, with me, to work it off. We Fix Space Junk is a sci-fi sitcom from Battlebird Productions, featuring Travelling by Cryo. Don't worry if you feel like you're drowning. That's perfectly normal. Wait, what? Aliens from across the galaxy. Greetings, visitors. Is that popcorn? Hello, Your Excellency. AIs. Dad, how do I do air? You're already doing it automatically. Calm down. And, of course, thrilling and exciting missions in outer space. Hello, valued employees. Here are the details for your next exciting mission. You will be repairing a device redacted in or at the location redacted. We Fix Space Junk is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Subscribe, consume, integrate, indoctrinate, assimilate, degenerate, and watch your body decay into a faceless husk as your mind floats aimlessly in space. 